This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The liturgical scripture readings for the 11th Sunday in Ordinary Time are reading from the book of Exodus. In those days, the Israelites came to the desert of Sinai and pitched camp. When Israel was encamped here in front of the mountain, Moses went up the mountain to God. Then the Lord called to him and said, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, Tell the Israelites, You have seen for yourselves how I treated the Egyptians and how I bore you up on eagles' wings and brought you here to myself. Therefore, if you hearken to my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my special possession, dearer to me than all other people, though all the earth is mine. You shall be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm We are his people, the sheep of his flock. We are his people, the sheep of his flock. Sing joyfully to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful song. We are his people, the sheep of his flock. Know that the Lord is God. He made us. His we are, his people, the flock he tends. We are his people, the sheep of his flock. The Lord is good, his kindness endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. We are his people, the sheep of his flock. A reading from the letter to Romans. Brothers and sisters, Christ, while we were still helpless, yet died at the appointed time for the ungodly. Indeed, Only with difficulty does one die for a just person, though perhaps for a good person one might even find courage to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How much more then, since we are now justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from the wrath? If indeed, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, How much more, once reconciled, will we be saved by his life? Not only that, but we also boast of God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. At the sight of the crowds, Jesus' heart was moved with pity for them because they were troubled and abandoned, like a sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. Then he summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits, to drive them out and to cure every disease and every illness. The names of the twelve apostles are these. First Simon, called Peter, 
and his brother Andrew, James the son of Zebedee and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon from Cana and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Jesus sent out these twelve after instructing them thus, Do not go into any pagan territory or enter a Sumerian town. Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, make this proclamation, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, drive out demons. Without cost you have received, without cost you are to give. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Kevin, we're back to ordinary time, but today is no ordinary day. (laughs) Happy Father's Day. Thank you very much. (laughs) I really appreciate that. And happy Father's Day to all you uh, fathers out there listening. And I want to talk a little bit about the vocation of fatherhood. And this is a vocation that's equal of importance to the vocation of motherhood. And it's good to recognize these vocations and the important role that they play in our society. You know, there's a, a movement underway to eliminate the word words, father and mother, from our common vocabulary uh, and replace them with the terms birth parent and non-birthing parent in an attempt to eliminate the biological truth about men and women. And I was going to go into this a little bit further, but I decided, no, Carla, this is not the time or the place. Today, we're going to focus on the importance that fatherhood plays in Christianity and in society in general. You know, two weeks ago, we celebrated the solemnity of the Holy Trinity with God the Father as the first person of the Trinity. And this certainly isn't a slap down to motherhood at all. I mean, look at how God the Father chose to send the Messiah, right? Through the cooperation of a woman. Fatherhood has an indispensable role in the structure of the family and in society. The role of fathers is to protect, to provide for, and to educate their children, and to be a good role model of faith and virtue, to lead the family on a journey to salvation. Yes, indeed. I really want to encourage not only myself, but all fathers out there, your children need to learn from you. They need to learn from you what is true masculinity. They need to learn how to love. And indeed, I think the best thing a father can do for his children is to love their mother. They need to learn how to grow in charity. And and quite frankly, dads provide a different strength in teaching than mothers. Again, mothers provide so much womanly wisdom. We need to bring the masculine wisdom to our children as well. We need to provide that encouragement to our kids. You know, sometimes you have your child say, hey, dad, do you think I can do this? Sometimes a mother might say, don't don't hurt yourself. <laughs> Dads might go and say, oh, let's go find out. <laughs> right? Let's go find out. Let's see if you can do this. But again, of course, also then kind of reining in some of that exuberance right. with some admonishment as well. Yeah. Right? So that's kind of the balancing there. I think dads have some special strengths in determination, building persistence. Uh, again, a dying to self, providing leadership and protection for their family. And, and also, quite frankly, Quite, you know, godly stewardship is, might include more mundane things, such as the proper use of finances and of God's resources. Um, I, I think also a, a way to also look at this is to develop in your children an inquisitiveness to ask why, but also the respectful rebelliousness to ask why not. 
I think so many wisdom and so much teaching can come from fathers. So if my children are listening out there today, I'll look forward to you coming and say, hey, dad, I could use a little advice on something. And then that way, I know you're listening to the commentary this week. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you very much again and a happy Father's Day to all fathers. Uh, In our readings today, we read from Exodus 19. And I'd like to kind of break this down into three ideas here. The readings talk about the first idea of election, the second idea of how being elected also has its demands, and then third being of ownership. So with the idea of election, in this reading it says the fact is that God chooses. But remember, he chooses you, he chose the Israelites, not he chose it based on grace and not merit. And so I think that leads to once you're the elect, he brings the demand here And his intent is not to glorify whom he has chosen. Exactly. And and no matter what we do, right? No matter what we do, God never changes. His love for us is not dependent on what we do or do not do. Rather, it's our choices that put us into a position that we are either able to benefit from his grace or we put ourselves in a position where we are not able to receive his grace and blessing. Right. And, and that's where we actually, just kind of thinking about what you're saying there, when we try and teach our children to obey us, right? O- obedience is to listen to. We really try and develop that idea of obedience because ultimately, if we can train our children to obey and to listen to the parents, that ultimately is that fertile ground to obey and to listen to our Lord. And how important that is, again, that fatherly wisdom there that can bring that obedience of faith. Right, and it's not so that you will love me more, because parents won't love our children more or less, even when they don't, but it's so that they benefit from what they can experience by if they do it this way, you're going to benefit from it. Exactly. If you do it that way, you're going to maybe <laughs> suffer from it. Yeah, it's called the natural consequence. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's the same way with our relationship with God. That's right. Yeah. And that demand that God places on us is He gives us that demand and that mission to love. Finally, He has the ownership. That's the last idea of this first reading today. You know, the Israelites shall be His own. They're going to be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. And of course, that promise was fulfilled in Christ and in the 12 apostles, which is what we're going to read about in the gospel today. Yes. But before we get to the gospel, we have a great second reading, St. Paul to the Romans. And St. Paul answers the question, why are Christians hopeful? Yeah. So I'm looking for that answer there, Carla. Yeah. Well, the author points (laughs) out that God loved us while we were still sinners. Now there, there's some hope, right? And further that our reconciliation with God, the restoration of man's friendship with God was made possible only through the death of Jesus. So there is nothing, again, nothing we can do that will make God stop loving us. And there is nothing we can do to make God love us more than he already does. As for our relationship with God, right? That's the thing that we can change. That's the only thing that can change is our love for him. Mm-hmm. That's true. And and so, you know, you mentioned we all struggle with sin. Uh, and I really think that's why Christ created the church. It's a hospital for sinners. <laughs> you know, you think about all the way back to Genesis, um, you have, you will strike at his head, the serpent's head, but he will strike at your heel. I think that's a reminder that we will always have a limping church. We're always going to have sinners in our church. And that's why Christ created the church as that hospital for sinners. So 
hey, you know what? On Sunday, if you look around and you're worshiping with a group of sinless people, you better get out of there because you are not in a Catholic church. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that is a hospital for sinners right there. So yeah. make sure that, again, we come to the Lord. We come to that hospital to be healed. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Well, in the gospel today, we see a whole bunch of sheep and shepherds today, don't we, Carla? Well, yeah, and Matthew provides an eyewitness account of how Jesus sent those first 12 hand-picked men to be missionaries to the lost tribes of Israel. And it was no accident that Jesus chose 12 men to be his apostles. That number is significant insofar as it was the beginning of the rebuilding of Israel. And I'm just going to give a really quick genealogy here. So we're going to go back to Father Abraham. And Abraham's son was Isaac, okay? And then Isaac had twin sons, Esau and Jacob. Now, Esau, he was the firstborn of the twins, and so he was by right the heir, but he made some bad choices, and his brother Jacob became the primary heir to their father's legacy. Now, Jacob's name was later changed to Israel, so that's where we get Israel. Jacob, now known as Israel, had 12 sons, and they became the leaders of the 12 tribes of Israel. So this is the reason that the first mission of the apostles was to preach the gospel to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, because some 2,000 years earlier, God made a covenant with Adam, or excuse me, with Abraham, and promised that Abraham's descendants would be more numerous than the stars. And God always keeps his promises, even when it appears that all is lost, even when mankind does not keep his covenant. Yes, indeed. The, uh, the miracles that the 12 performed, they are signs that the kingdom of heaven is at hand and the kingdom of heaven is still at hand today. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.